Hi everyone, this is Jerry Nowicki with Capital News Illinois. You're listening to the first installment of our Perspectives on Progress podcast series. Our team launched this effort in an attempt to play whatever role we can in advancing the conversation about race in America as protests continue in response to the killing of George Floyd by a Minneapolis police officer. We started by reaching out to the 31 members of the Illinois Legislative Black Caucus to hear their opinions on what can be done to move our state and nation forward, how current events have affected our lawmakers personally, and how they would like to see the national conversation changed. The goal was understanding a perspective we've never lived through and using our media platform to broadcast our black leaders' voices in their own words. We'll publish these podcasts and other coverage of these conversations in the coming days as we have them. Today, our first guest on Perspectives on Progress is Representative LaShawn Ford. Representative Ford is a Democrat representing the 8th House District on Chicago's west side. He's served in the General Assembly since 2007. He responded quickly to my email request because he told me that media attention and these kind of discussions are necessary to continue the conversation on racial justice while the feelings of the moment are still fresh. To start our conversation, I asked Representative Ford what thoughts went through his head when he first saw the video of the killing of George Floyd. You know, it's, it's a very painful um, sight, and what goes through my head as a black man is it could have been me. And that sounds cliche, but the run-ins that I've had with law enforcement throughout my um, years, it could have been me. It's just so... A black man, particularly, is lucky to be alive in America because all it takes is being at the wrong place at the wrong time for many reasons, whether it's violence with, within a community or whether it's violence with law enforcement. And those are two problems that we face every day. So going through my head was, I'm very saddened for the family, but I know it could have been me or another black man that I know. And it's so sad, Jerry, that we have to always talk about, and I know white people could feel like black people just complain all the time, but this is an example of how hard it is to be black, to have someone treat you like that when we know it's wrong and you hear the man begging for his life. It, it's, it scares me because I know that when you are in the control of the police, there's no hope for you. If the police get their hands on you and if they don't let go, what are we gonna do? I asked the representative if there's a feeling of deja vu anytime such a video of police violence against black men surfaces. of 
the weapons that we got from the slave masters when we were enslaved and we couldn't do anything about it, we're reminded of Emmett Till that couldn't do anything about it. We're reminded of the Trevon Martin. We're reminded of the Kwame McDowell. It all continues to come back at us. And, and we're almost in positions of no control. So this is trauma for us. And it triggers, and it continues to trigger, and comes back at us. And um, it's unfortunate. So it is relive at a magnitude that's um, escalated constantly. So now, that's what you see when you see the uh, black people feel like that they are, it, it appears that the black people are out of rage for some, for a reason that they shouldn't be. <laughs> and I don't condone looting and, and anything like that, but there is some built up pain. And it's not even anger, because anger is one thing, but pain is another. And that's pain that, that the black people are going through, pain. I also asked Rep. Ford what it's going to take to turn the momentum of the moment into structural change. He said lawmakers, especially majority party Democrats, need to recognize the need for action. It's in plain view now. You know, we know, and, and there's been this talk over and over about how black communities have been neglected for for ever and you know we don't see it in in the time capsule moving fast we just see how the communities look now but the way the communities look now believe it or not is from the years and years of neglect that's what that's what we see we see the years of neglect in in the communities as we look at them today but what we saw and what we see with police brutality it's in plain view. And what we've seen with the riots, it's all in plain view. And what we see after the riots is in plain view that we need help. And we can't ignore it. There is no way the governor, the speaker, the president of the Senate, the mayor of the city of Chicago, if there were, if there was a, nat a natural disaster, we're going to respond to that. And if we don't, then I don't think that we are being responsible in our, uh, in our uh, oath. It's in plain view that we got a problem. In recent days, Representative Ford has been calling on the governor to sign an executive order to, in his words, immediately respond to the crisis in our community. I asked him what that order should look like. It's important that he recognize the um, problems as it relates to the mental and physical health and the conditions of the communities. One, it is not just, I have, we have a, a plan for the communities. One, the governor has to, one, come out and say, I recognize that we need 
emergency relief for the black community. And when he says, I recognize that we need emergency relief for the black community, and today I am signing an executive order um, to provide that relief in the form of um, restoring the, um, the businesses that have been destroyed and dealing with the disparities in the um, in government and dealing with the disparities in the health care uh, that we have been, that's in plain view now as well. Remember, the COVID-19 put it in plain view also. Black people died at an alarming rates compared to any other race out there because of the years of neglect in the black community. So we have health disparities and we have the criminal justice disparities. So are we gonna ignore them? So one, he has to first recognize and say that even if he didn't sign the executive order today, but if he came out and said, I am going, I'm prepared to sign an executive order within the next five days and I'm pulling together experts that have been in the community that understands the needs and how we could best rebuild and improve the conditions in the black community. Because we know from COVID and we know from the, the uh, that there are problems in the black community that's impacting our entire state of Illinois. So he doesn't have to have all the answers right now, but what he has to do is recognize and have a press conference immediately saying that it's his intention within the next five days to have a, an executive order to deal with the emergency conditions in the black community. Once he does that, and then he forms uh, members from the legislature from all levels uh, of government from every level, which means that there will be people from uh, city, state, and county on these. And you will work with the Black Chambers of Commerce, and you will work with organizations that understand the problems and how to fix it. That's how he could do it. But he needs to come out immediately, and that will help give the community hope and give individuals the ability to stand up for their communities and fight to say, look, we're going to rebuild our communities. We need hope in these communities. And hope comes in the form of support that you know that there is possibility. In discussing what steps are needed to move forward, Representative Ford said with session not scheduled until November, action from the governor becomes even more important. He also said that calling a special session to address the needs of certain geographic areas of the state could prove difficult because of the politics of geography. I would think that my white colleagues and my uh, brown colleagues and the speaker and the president should also urge the governor to deal with the biggest plight in the state of Illinois. And it's unfortunate to say that one of Illinois' biggest plights is the condition of black people. Mm -hmm. And how do we sit day by day and pass budget after budget and ignore 
the most pressing issues in the state of Illinois. That just can't happen. And what happens when we do? We see a bunch of hurt people. And there's always been a saying, even before I said it, hurt people are people. And I do believe when you, when we help people and give them the hope and, and the possibility to be treated like a human, then they have pride. Then they believe in themselves and they have something to live for. Believe me when I tell you, Jerry, black people have been robbed of their dignity. Now, some would say, well, Ford, that's just making excuses. It's really not. Not everybody could weather the storm like and, and go through what I've been through and and survive and, and continue to fight and push. Everybody don't have the family and the love that I had. And so it's not easy for everybody. And some people fall in despair. Some people have generations of people that's been in poverty and that have been miseducated and have and have been um, have mothers that that didn't graduate from grammar school or high school and that's on welfare and that's the head of the family and yet we're having sympathy because the generations that follow them never really had a foundation to build from and so now everyone hurts in that family so i think we we really need to recognize one that the state has a, an emergency and we must deal with it and that is the conditions of blacks in the age of social media there's no shortage of opinions going around on the video and the protest and riots that have stemmed from it I asked the representative to respond to some of the arguments that some who might be misunderstanding the movement put forward on social media. Here's how I phrase the question in our conversation and the representative's response. I know there will be some statements out there saying, you know, you dished, uh, and this, I'm paraphrasing whatever arguments I'm anticipating here, but, you know, um, black people destroyed their own Southside communities, and now the lawmakers are asking the state. So, anticipating those arguments, what would be your statement to someone who claims something like that? I think that they have a right to say that, but they should also answer the question while making the statement about um, the obvious. Will they make the statement and stand up? against what caused it. And that's where we began to um, improve our our conditions. Will those same people ignore the fact that a black man had a knee on his neck? So, so it's fine. So they, they, it's true. Black people looted their own neighborhoods. But do, what, what do we do? The state needs those businesses open. They, they need to realize you're cutting your nose off your face if you think that the state shouldn't invest in helping their the businesses reopen because those businesses are our tax base. You have all these closed businesses where people can't go back to work and people can't shop. Where do we get our um, 
our tax base from to provide the services that every community needs. How do we pay for parks, schools, and police and fire? Because we got to get those businesses up and running. So it's fine to to say it, but recognize you can't cut your nose off to spite your face and say let them live with it. Because believe it or not, every store in the black community benefits all of the people of the state of Illinois. So let's join in and urging the governor to to um, improve the conditions, and they should make sure that they recognize that they should be mad as hell at the fact that our police code of conduct is accepted. They should say, I'm mad as hell because our tax dollars have to be spent because we have police misconduct. And that's what they should be upset over. They should be upset that this is, that this could happen in Illinois and that it has happened in Illinois. Our conversation turned to what's been done by lawmakers to further racial equity, and Ford said while the General Assembly and Black Caucus members have advanced certain issues, such as expungement of records for nonviolent marijuana-related convictions, some disparities have gone unaddressed for decades, as evidenced by the COVID-19 pandemic. We passed the cannabis. We passed legislation for um, to protect the civil liberties of of the um, LGBTQ plus community, I support all of that. We protect the rights of women to choose. I support it all. We support the problems with migrants because we know it's not right. But when it comes down to dealing with the disparities, to dealing with the fact that we have recognized and we know that black people have been wrongfully um, incarcerated for years, we continue to ignore it. When we know that black people in the state of Illinois right now cannot learn because they don't have access to Wi-Fi, they don't have access to computers, that's a state of emergency. How do we continue to allow this to happen? I mean, the list goes on and on. You know, and what's amazing about the education part, all across the state, really, broadband, there, there's a need for broadband and Wi-Fi and and tools for people to get on the internet. We know that it's been documented that the majority of blacks in the city of Chicago and across the state did not participate in e-learning. So that means from March, they missed all of the school year when they were already struggling and behind. That means they had no education. And so, would the governor respond? How do you sit back and know this and not deal with it? It's scary to me because I feel like it's like we're just going to ignore it. In the course of conversation, Ford reflected on the struggles he's had to face and the support he's had along the way that others may not have. All the people that have been robbed of the ability to um, thrive hurts us all and I have been in in some times where it's been very rough and you got to fight to get yourself up out of it and you don't feel like it because it's rough now there are people living that every day every day and not to mention if they go outside now they're being discriminated against <laughs> it's unbelievable because one Believe it or not, 
whenever we go outside, most of the stores we go to, they're not owned by black people. And so we're looked at like we're coming in to rob the place. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when you drive down the street, you could be racially profiled by the police. It's it's ongoing. It's nonstop hypocrisy that, that black people go through. Because this is an effort to move the conversation forward, we also asked what we could be doing better as media members. What needs to change about the national conversation about how media treats stuff like this? Um, yes. What could we do better? Yes, that's a good question. I think that um, exposing the fact that you know that the that there is a problem, you know that there is a problem, and that it's not it's not black people complaining. It's not black people complaining. It's just exposing and telling the truth about the disparities and that saying that how, how do we sit back and allow this to continue? The media sends the message and signals the change that's needed because many times the black issue is drowned it out. And when people read it in the, in the print, it makes all the difference. I also wanted to know what questions the representative thinks I should be asking as we continue this series. Is there anything then before we go that I haven't touched on that you think I should be asking other lawmakers? No, I, you know, I think that the other lawmakers, the question is, do they believe that every life matters? You know, every life matters. Is every life, regardless of the color, does it have the same value? And if and if it has the same value, will we spend the same to protect each each um, each one? As we see, when there are problems in certain communities, it's answered right away. When I asked Representative Ford for closing thoughts, he went back to what he expected to see from the governor. I'm feeling that the governor must hear us and it must be black a black agenda must be on the table and we can't let up until it happens you know if we really want peace if we really want peace we got to build a coalition of people that that say you guys there's hope that's why I love all the billions of dollars that's available to rebuild a community and to help that's the type of hope people need to hear they need to hear that it's possible. Now we need to hear the governor say yes. Then all those people that have been in the dark, that's been feeling despair and hopeless, they're going to rise up and they're going to say there's hope. And I think that the governor has in his power of the pen to give people hope. So that was Representative LaShawn Ford. I'm Jerry Nowicki with Capital News Illinois, and that was the first installment of our Perspectives on Progress series, a special edition of our Capital Cast podcast. We'll have many more discussions to bring you in the coming days as we speak with our black leaders and as this series evolves. Thank you for listening and continue to check back for more Perspectives on Progress. Our theme music was brought to you by Kevin McLeod.